Happy Christmas. Oh, is it Christmas today? Of course, madam. It's Christmas every day in heaven. Oh, how about that? Lola. Ah, la 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 catching. I've been asked to give you a little Christmas message. We hope that everyone had a splendid Christmas. You're listening to Aerial View on WFMU East Orange and worldwide on the internet at WFMU.org. Mom won't be kids for this one. 
Good evening, ladies and gentlemen of the radio audience. Very auspicious beginning. Please, please don't pick your nose in front of me. Please, please don't do that. All right? This goes in Christmas time. Christmas. Do you know when Christmas is? You know when Christmas is, Billy. You do? You know, Rudolph what do you is on think TV. I'm, what do you think, I'm dumb? Yeah, I, th I think you're a little dumb sometimes. A little Cut it out, Billy, or I'm not going to do it. Right. Just listen. The same thing, a tie. I didn't get you no necktie. You didn't? What's in here? How about your pair of spats? <laughs> spats? What did you get me spats for? Well, let's face it, Mark, you're not the easiest guy in the world to shop for, you know. It's, it's pretty tough to get a guy something that, well, a guy that's got everything. <laughs> well, Merry Christmas, Bob. Merry Christmas, Mark. <laughs> anyway, I know it came from your heart. No, it came from the fat man shop. Never. Whose turn is it? Sage Sheriff. Where's your sleigh? It's in the shop, getting repaired. Where's the reindeer? I stable them. Is it left or right? That way. Where's the stable? Next to the shop. How do they sleep? Where the reindeer standing up. But the noise, how do they sleep? What noise? From the shop. They only work during the day, all right? I thought it was always night at the last pole. Well, not now. Right now, it's always day. Then how do they sleep? I'll say to Terrace. What is it with you, anyway? Somebody drop you on your head? On my head? Well, yeah, what, are they going to drop you on somebody else's head? How can they drop me onto my own head? No, not onto your own... What? God damn it! You will go to your room and pick up every one of your toys and put them away. And at nine o'clock... I'm going to come in, and every toy I see, break, throw in the garbage. Do you understand me? La 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 la. <laughs> hey, it's me, Chris T. Merry Christmas to everybody out there. I hope you're all having a wonderful holiday. I wish I could be here live and in person, but I've had too much eggnog. And I'm um, beneath my tree, getting rid of some superfluous ornaments. Why do we have so damn many? <laughs> I gotta clear some of these out. Oh, it's a Chris T. mess for Christmas. Featuring some of my favorite aerial view Christmas moments from years past. Including a short story from me about the worst office Christmas party I've ever been to. And some vintage phone calls as well. And if you're not into the whole Jesus thing, here's some other people who celebrate birthdays on December 25th. You can celebrate Isaac Newton's birthday. Clara Barton, founder of the American Red Cross. Race car driver Louis Chevrolet, whom the Chevrolet was named after, of course. Conrad Hilton, the founder of the Hilton chain of hotels. Robert Ripley, born on December 25th. Humphrey Bogart, Cab Calloway, Quentin Crisp, the man who designed the Corvette Zora Arcus Duntov, a great Belgian-American, Anwar Sadat, Rod Serling, Carlos Castaneda, Noel Redding, 
bass player, of course, Jimi Hendrix Experience, Kenny Stabler, my favorite Oakland Raiders quarterback, Jimmy Buffet, Barbara Mandrell, Sissy Spacek, born on December 25th as well, Joe Lewis, boxer, Carl Rove, screw him, and Annie Lennox. They all celebrate birthdays today. So, On this Aerial View podcast, you will hear... Lots and lots of Christmas content from years past. I dug into the Aerial View archives. I dug deep mainly because of the WFMU archives being so deep. There's already a lot of Aerial View content there at aerialview.me, and you can hear a bunch of Christmas shows from years past. So I tried to go back even deeper into stuff that isn't there at aerialview.me and bring you something that hasn't been heard probably since it originally aired. So right now, let's head to 1992 for some ghosts of Aerial View Christmas shows past. We can hardly stand the way. Before we do anything else, there are some uh, gifts, suggestions I'd like to make. If you are still shopping, and if you were like me, a last-minute shopper, books on tape are always really popular for people who are either blind or driving. Blind and driving? No. No, Brom would not a good idea. So I have some books on tape here with me. We're going to sample some. This is a book on tape. I don't know if it's out this year or not, but it doesn't sound like it'd be very successful. Waldo book on tape. I just um, don't see it being terribly successful. I could be wrong. Yeah, there's a whole set of Where's Waldo books on tape. Books are always a big part of my Christmas list. And if you have any suggested uh, books for Christmas giving this year, hello, welcome to the year. Howdy. Hi. Uh, you can't be serious about that Where's Waldo stuff, man. Is that really the Where's Waldo book? It's Where's Waldo on tape. I have the I have the cassette right that here. Is, that is for real? I have the cassette in my hand. Man, that is the best gag gift I've ever heard in my life. I'm going to go out and get one. Hello, caller. Welcome to the air. How's it going? Okay, how are you? Okay, looking forward to the Christmas. Um, I am, actually, because yeah, I'm going away this Christmas for really? the first time in I, forever. I've never been out of this area on Christmas. Have you? Have you ever been in another part of the country or no, world? No, I haven't. No, I haven't. Yeah. That's why this Christmas is pretty significant, too, because next year I'll be going away to college, so, you know, it's kind wow. of sad. I'm going, yeah. I'm going to New Orleans. Where are you? Oh, New Orleans? New Orleans. Say it with me now. New Orleans. New Orleans. Where's that? Where's New Orleans? It's mm. in Louisiana. Oh, New Orleans. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're, sh- you're, you're showing your ignorance. I'm sorry. New Orleans. Okay, pronounce it as if it was spelled N-A-W-L-I-N-S. No, no, N A W L I N S. Nolans. Nolans. Yeah, but what's your special Christmas wish? What's the the wish you'd like to wish for everybody if you were wishing? For everybody. 
Well, yeah, you know, people who are listening. I guess just, you know, to enjoy it. Enjoy the time off. Just kind of relax. Start off the year right when you come back. That's about it. Okay. Thanks. All Thanks right. for that. Let's listen to another book on tape. This one is called simply Taxidermy. Chapter 7, Preparing and Mounting a Small Mammal. A tough-skinned fox squirrel will furnish an ideal subject for consideration in this chapter. An old squirrel has a skin of Herculean strength that makes a satisfying den trophy. When the taxidermist has succeeded in making a squirrel recognizable, he could sit back and congratulate himself, for there are more stuffed squirrels that defy identification than can be counted. But it should be a challenge to have on the workbench before you an animal that everyone knows. Pose the dead squirrel on its side on a sheet of brown paper and make contact outlines of several attitudes. After skinning the specimen, make outlines of the carcass posed like the superficial drawings. If the meat is wanted for food, use cornmeal to dry up body juices while skinning. If the meat is not wanted, use powdered borax. Make an incision along the middle of the belly from in front of the vent up to the middle of the breastbone. Make an incision the full length of each palm and sole, continuing these for a little way up the backs of the wrists and on the inside of the hocks. Cut the tail skin free from the body skin at the base of the tail. Peel the tail skin back on the tail far enough to give a grip. Set the fingers and thumbnail of the right hand against the rolled back tail skin. Grip the tail butt with the left hand and strip the tail out of its skin with a strong, even pull both ways. Another book on tape. Hello, welcome to the air. Hello? Welcome to the air. Oh. Yes. Um, hi, yeah, what, what's with these goofy tapes, man? These are um, some suggestions, holiday gift suggestions from uh, the show known as Aerial View, the one you're listening to now. What? I'm sorry, this is like really confusing to hear myself. Well, you should turn your radio down there. Yeah, okay. Okay. Hello, welcome to the air. Hey, listen, uh, I haven't heard from you in a really long time, and I hope everything's well. Well, things aren't well, and that's how I sort of escape my everyday existence by giving a call once in a while. Okay, so you haven't called me, though, in a long time. It's like I thought you were angry with me or something. I'm but... never angry with you, Chris. I think of you as a very good broadcaster in your own right. In my own right, thank you. And let me ask you this, what's your special Christmas wish? For everybody who's listening. 
I wish everyone would just go to you. Thank you, Mr. Chin. Okay. Thank you very much. Good and, night. And listen, you have a wonderful holiday. I'm going to try, you know. Everyone would just lighten up, man. Lighten up, you that's... Know, big deal, it's just not a goddamn day. Oh, Mr. Chin, let's just have the best Christmas ever. I doubt it. Okay. It hasn't been a good one since, uh, Jimmy Stewart. That's exactly right. George. George Bailey. Mary. 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 Look, Daddy, every time the bell rings, an angel gets his wings. Hey, that was really good. <laughs> that was really good. I'm so little in. <laughs> you know what my favorite line from that movie is? Okay. Is when, the, when when Clarence is in the bar and he's trying to order some Mold's rum or whatever. And Sheldon Leonard, as the bartender, says, Look, we served hard liquor for men who want to get drunk fast. Do you remember that line? I do. That was the best line from It's a Wonderful Life. Well, I just wish it was a wonderful life, Chris. Listen, go running through your favorite mall, and as you pass, let's say, Just Shirts, say... Hello, you beautiful old Just Shirts, you. I'm so glad you're alive. Yeah, and just run through the mall and people, you know, you just, you, you be George Bailey for the holidays and go to the Willowbrook Mall or something. Hello, hello, you beautiful old Gap. Merry Christmas, you beautiful old mall. Yeah, that's right. I love you all. Uh, yeah, and, uh, and, 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 and make your own wonderful life. And then the security will beat me up. And they'll accuse me of carjacking. And you wish you were never born, and then uh, who knows what will happen. And then Mary will be nothing but a little skinster. I didn't believe that for one minute, that Donna Reed would end up as a... She's as a, a sexy little mama once she takes off those glasses. That's right, and lets down her hair. Thanks, Mr. Chin. Look, Donnie. Merry Chin, miss. Good night. Good night. Uh, hello, welcome to the air. Um, yeah, I'd like to do an imitation of Bruce Springsteen doing Iggy Pop. Well, if you turn your radio, if, if, yeah, you, if you turn your radio down, sure. Okay, got it. Do you want to hear that? Yeah, yeah. You know the Bruce Springsteen holiday classic, "Santa Claus is Coming to Town." Uh, this would be Iggy Pop doing that. You better not bow. You better not frown, cause that girl's coming round. That was not not half bad. Oh, thank you. Well, uh, that's a backhanded compliment, but I guess I'll take it. This is Adam Quest yeah, for, on the check-in from the Lower East Side. Okay, thanks, Adam. Digital Gypsy. See you. Mer Merry Christmas. Same to you. Hello, welcome to the air. Hi. Hi. I'm calling about the squirrel piece. Uh-huh. That was the most repulsive thing I've ever heard. Well, I said some of these books on tape were not too successful. I, I don't think that they did very well. Is that a real book? These are books on tapes. I have see listen, you hear the cassettes? Yeah. They okay. have like a little illustrated pamphlet to accompany it and guide you through the taxidermy process. Uh I that was given to me by a friend, so maybe he kept the book. It's quite possible it did. I don't know. That's pretty scary because it was really gross. Well, I'm sorry it grossed you out so much, but hey, I'm just trying to come up with gift suggestions and so far no one's called me with any. <laughs> well, you know. So, so. How about a contribution to the people for the ethical treatment of animals? 
bunch of whiners. No, I'm, I don't mean <laughs> hey, that. I really I'm like your show, and I just had to tell you that because it was definitely one of the most graphic things I've ever heard on the radio. But hey, that's what makes this America. That was one of the more graphic things you've heard on the radio, really? So far. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thanks for calling. Hey, have a great holiday. Hello, welcome to the air. Yeah, hi, Chris. Uh, do you have that physician's desk reference on tape? It was out last year, and I think it was DeForest Kelly reading it. Really? Yeah. Now I, no, I missed that, but there's one more book on tape we have here. Let's listen to it together. Oh, I'm sorry you don't have that one because it was really good. Accidents a lot of people read high places. times are really getting into it. Listen to you this. You may be the last to know about some accidents your cat has. Be alert. Investigate the following locations to determine if your cat is eliminating wastes in unexpected places in your home. Secret places. Hello? Some cats find yes, a secret place to in which they occasionally eliminate wastes. This may be under a bed, in a closet, in a wastebasket, or under a desk or chair. Because the location is relatively hidden, you may not discover the wastes until the odor becomes very strong. Okay, that that was a, a cat book on tape. Training your cat. That's a good. That's a great one. Uh huh. Is, so, that, is that available in most stores? Available in your better, uh, larger bookstores, I guess. I'm going to you know, try to get that one. You know, Barnes & Noble on 18th Street uh, and 5th Avenue, they have a huge uh, book-on-tape section. That's great. So get that. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, for, Chris. Thanks for calling. <laughs> Bye-bye. Hello, welcome to the air. Hi, Christy. This is Satan Claus, and I wish you a hell of a Christmas. Thank you. I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, but God saying no! I'd see you for what you really are! Hello, welcome to the air. Hey, how you doing? Okay. You guys still working on that girlfriend for me for Christmas or what? The what? The girlfriend. The, the, the grill French, did you say? The girlfriend. Sorry about that, I'm the- chewing on candy. Oh, the grill. I called last week. The grill friend. Yeah, the, gr- the grill friend. <laughs> well, listen, we all would like a grill friend. Because yeah. when we're grilling. I need a car, too. My car's broke. I was going to say, when we're grilling, it's important to have friends there with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the point. I don't have too many friends. I don't think you should grill alone. Oh. Uh, so if we could find you a grill friend. Yeah. Why, heck, why not? Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do that for, for you. Me. I would we like to get you. guys every day. I'd like to get you a grill friend. Especially if anyone out. Let me, why do you keep interrupting? Why do you keep interrupting me? I'm trying to get you a grill friend. Okay, I'm listening. If anyone <laughs> would like to be this man's grill friend, yeah, call him up. Give us a call here. Yeah, I'm listening. Hi, welcome okay. to the air. Uh, this is from my new record called Christmas on Clinton Street. Silent night, holy night. Steel works. Steel works. All is calm. Yo, he's got a gun! He's got a gun! All is bright. Wait! Wait! Brown yon virgin. He's gonna kill me! Mother and child. That's all. Thank you. That was very good. I like that. I'm spending more time this Christmas... Trying to th- come up with gifts for people than anything else. It's it's really beginning to annoy me because I've run out of ideas. And I, I am serious when I say I would like some gift suggestions. Hello, welcome to the air. Hi, I have a suggestion. Okay. For you poor listeners. You want to be that man's grill friend before we continue? No, I'm married. Okay. Okay, um, a fly swatter. 
it's something that I think that everybody needs to have in their ha- in their home, but um, a lot of times you have one and you misplace it, and you can always use an extra one. Fl- and they're really not that much money. You could actually probably get somebody a mess of fly swatters. I guess so, but uh, I don't. I don't really know the going rate for one, but I think that's a good little stocking stuffer. A fly swatter. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Well, what's your Christmas wish for those who are listening? Um. I, I guess I'm at a loss for words. <laughs> All right. I don't really have a Christmas wish. Well, let's just have the best Christmas ever. Okay, that's corny enough. Thank you for calling. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hello, welcome to the air. Hi. He's, uh, Hello, welcome to the You're still looking for Christmas suggestions, right? Oh, most certainly. Well, uh, actually, I'm an inventor, and what I've been inventing the past few years have been musical Christmas ornaments, mainly. And I really like them. Like, we have this one called Santa's Marching Band that's, you know, it's in Kmart and everything else. It's, uh, it's eight little motorized figures that hit actual metal bells with hammers. Here, I can make it go for you. So, if you're into that kind of stuff... Did you really invent that? I really did. And, and let me say that WFMU is what makes these things possible because I work all night long for months on end to do the computer programming and the electronic design for these things. And I'm listening to FMU every minute, and if I wasn't listening to it, I couldn't do it. Wow, this is great. So you are adding to the holiday joy and making someone's season bright, and somebody is going to take that ornament and plug it in, and it's battery-operated, or is it plug-in? It's plug-in, yeah. It plays 35 Christmas carols. It's eight little dolls on... uh, they're strung together with wires, so you can hang them on your Christmas tree, you can put them around your mantle, whatever. Wow. And, and, then, uh, it, and it actually plays music. By, it's basically what it is, is a computerized xylophone, right? These guys are actually hitting little tuned brass bells and playing music. So it's not that synthesized, that really horrible sounding... Correct. Now, we it, also do... We have one out this year called the Holiday Carousel, which is synthesized, but it's not horrible sounding. It's, uh-huh. really, it's pretty nice. Wow, so uh, this is the kind of thing you could leave plugged in, and it'll eventually heat up and catch on fire and set your tree on fire and burn your house down. Merry Christmas! I I spend quite a lot of time in the design end trying to make sure that that will not happen. Okay. Yep. You know, because all it takes is one little spark and whoosh. Exactly. Up goes that whole whole dried out... What kind of Christmas tree you got? Balsam. Uh, Douglas fir. There goes that. Dr- I went to school with him. Yeah, Douglas fir. Yeah, um, he's famous now. I think. And and there goes that whole Douglas fir up like a. Forget it. Exactly. Oh, uh, listen, this is really great. I never spoke to an inventor before. What are you working on now? You think you could get a grill friend for me? I'd like to get a grill friend for you because you're probably pulling in the big bucks, and uh, you know you need a grill friend. I'm, I'm sure as an inventor. Absolutely. At you're Christmas you're time. correct on both counts. Well, listen. You know what's your name? My name is Mike. Okay, Mike. You stay tuned because sometime before the end of this program, a grill friend will call in for you. All right. I will stay tuned. I stay tuned all the time. Thanks. WFMU is the best radio station And listen, ever. Let's, let's, let's just have the best Christmas ever. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'm with you on that. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Happy holidays. Hello. Welcome to the air. Hey, you still looking for a gift, or, uh, gift suggestion? Sure. Why not? Yeah. Um, I was thinking of um, getting this from my brother. Like a nice bird feeder and like a bird watching book. It's, you know, it's like 
probably for somebody a little slower speed, but... And a BB gun. And a BB... Hey! And a BB gun. That's great. Don't forget to round out that uh, triumvirate of, of uh, gifts. Yes. Okay? All right. Thanks for calling. Okay. And Merry Christmas to you and yours. Hello. Welcome to the air. Thank you. Hey, Chris, for yes. Christmas, you know what I want? What's that? Some Black Death Vodka. Black Death Vodka uh, is not worth what they're charging for it, I have to be honest with you. It is uh, overly priced. It's overpriced. It's the uh, box and the label. Chris, you didn't tell us. What do you want for Christmas? You know what I want for Christmas? I would really like, more than anything in the world, mm-hmm. and, and this is straight from my heart, and it means so much to me to be able to say this now, and... A year ago, I probably wouldn't have been able to say this, and I would have been embarrassed to talk about it because it's something really personal and something that, uh, wow, I can't believe how hard this is really to talk about. What I really want more than anything for Christmas this year, I would like a New Jersey Devils jersey. The, The new one, the red and black one. And, you know, last year it would have been really hard for me to say that. Why? Because they didn't have it last year. Last year it was red and green. Hey, Chris, yes. forget the hockey. No, I mean, I, I want that jersey. I want the, the the official one. Chris, maybe I'll send you one. Okay, thanks, Mike, from Hoboken. You have a great Christmas. The best Christmas ever. Hello, welcome to the air. Hi, how you doing? I'm an inventor, too. Oh, really? I, I invented something for all you, all the old school aerial viewers. Okay. So blow up Mr. Chindall. Wow. Complete with everything you can think of. Including and, including uh, a subservient wife? and Everything. It's, it's for the bisexual, though. Oh, so you're supposed to have sex with this Mr. Chindall? Yeah, it's to blow up Mr. Chindall. Oh, okay. Yeah, and well, uh, I'll let you know in the future about mail order and all the good stuff. I stuff. think you better speak with Mr. Chin about this. If you, you know. <laughs> yeah, there... I, I don't want to get you know, any legal problems with you. Know. I get you. Yeah. Listen, you had the best Christmas oh, ever. You too. Bye-bye. Hello, welcome to the air. I know what I want for Christmas. A Super Soaker 2000 and a gallon of Clorox. And what are you going to do with this? Hello, welcome to the air. Hi, I just had a, a new idea to make this the greatest Christmas ever. Hey, you know what I'd like for Christmas? How about a new set of headphones in this studio? These, I have to tell you that these headphones are horrible. My Christmas wish for WFMU this year is is um, new headphones. Go home for the holidays. All right. There's no place like home for the holidays. Hello, welcome to the air. Yeah, I, I got a Christmas present I want. What's that? I want a job. You want a job? Yeah, man. I graduated school almost six, seven months ago, and I ain't found a job yet. What What kind of degree? I got a master's degree in structural engineering. My God, that's so discouraging. Tell me about it. And you can't find a job? Nothing. What does a structural engineer do? I mean, engineer structures, of course, but... Designs buildings. No, no, no. Bridges. Really? Yeah, buildings, bridges. Well, you would think think with the crumbling infrastructure and the the new new president that you'll be working any time now. Oh, yeah. January 20th. I expect the phone to ring off the hook. Nah, you're being sarcastic, ain't you? Yeah, yeah. I can tell sarcasm. I hear it all the time. So listen, uh, what would you do, uh, what, what, what have you done to go looking for work? Let me ask you that. I uh, walked all over the place, 
sent about 200 resumes out, made a lot of phone calls. Wow, maybe there's someone. Imagine if there was someone in this listening audience who needed a structural engineer, someone who wanted to make it their Christmas sort of um, gift to you to give you a job. Imagine if there's someone, just one person out there who needed a structural engineer, just one person who can employ a structural engineer. I would, my heart would be bursting with joy I would, at the thought that I could help you find some it, employment. It would be, it would be ecstasy. No, we're, we're trying to find a man who needs a structural engineer or a woman who needs a structural engineer and who can employ our friend, what's your name? Dave. Dave. Um, and give him a job for Christmas this year. And I think that's a legitimate request. You know, of all the silly things you hear people ask for, you know, I, I really didn't need those electric uh, car seat warmers. Or another but, flannel shirt. But I could have really I could have really enjoyed it if I knew that Dave was employed gainfully. You and, know, I don't want to make the big bucks either. Oh, I do, but I mean, it's, you know... I'm not. I'm not greedy. I just want. I want to work. I want to. That's wanna, the worst part of all. This man wants to work. The I, worst part of all is he wants want to work. I want to bring the United States to, to the its greatness. knees. Oh, I thought you were going to say to its knees. No, okay. to the greatness that it should be. Right. You I know. I want to be part of that. When when you drive over that Pulaski Bridge, Pulaski Skyway, do you think to yourself, "Oh, those were the heydays for structural engineers." How many years did it take him to engineer that damn thing? Is that what you think? No, no. I've never been over that highway. I'm in, in New York right now. You've never been over the Pulaski Skyway, one of the greatest feats of structural engineering in the Where Western is it? world? Where is it? I'll have to go take a it's, look. It's, I've got tons of time on my hands. It's, it's as you come out of the Holland Tunnel, if you stay straight ahead, you'll see signs Pulaski Skyway. And it's this bridge that goes on forever. It's just this huge series of, of incredible structures. Is this the one that's all, Look, it's all, you know, if you roll down your window and and try to f try to smell the odor of burning rubber, if you, if you if you if if you could smell burning rubber, you're near the Pulaski Skyway because there's a there's a huge pile of tires under there that have been smoldering for years. Cool. Yeah. So so uh, so you should do that. You should make it a, a Christmas trip instead of going to see your family or relatives. Your Christmas trip should be oh to drive to Elizabeth. Or Bayonne, okay? And get on the Pulaski Skyway, drive to Bayonne, and look for a refinery where they got those uh, those fires burning all the time. You know, what do they call them? They, where they burn off the waste uh, from the off refinery. Off-gassing. Off, yeah, is that what they call it? Yeah. Okay. So, you, you know, because it lights up the sky and makes it very Christmassy. Huh. I like that. Thanks. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye, Chris. Bye. You're listening to a Mega Christie mess. This is an Aerial View podcast featuring ghosts of Aerial View Christmas shows past. Let's move to 1999. That's right, 1999 and more Aerial View archives around Christmas time. Lots of last minute shopping. Everybody, buzz of activity. I saw a man yelling at his wife over there. It was great. She was showing him something in the flyer, and he was chewing her out right there in the store in front of everybody. He really lost his patience. Because it's a goddamn piece of junk! That's why I don't want it! Merry Christmas! Happy Holidays! Hello! Welcome to the air! Hey, Merry Christmas, you big Greek you! Happy Holidays! Likewise! And uh, what's what's happening down by your house for the holidays? Uh, right now I'm emptying the dishwasher. Yeah. 
you know? That sounds uh, like fun. It, it's not putting me in the mood. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's really no, not I, putting I could me understand. But I did get everything done. I did get all my gifts that I needed. I heard you lamenting that you, you have one left. I have, uh, I think, one gift left that I have to purchase, and that's for my nephew, who's six. And you really can't, you know, uh, not bring a present to a six-year-old. It's it's bad Here. form, you know what I mean? I'm going to bail you out. Because they always remember, Uncle Chris didn't bring me a gift this year, Mommy. Yeah, I know. Although he they, doesn't, have, he doesn't, they, have, they have memories that are, uh, that are like elephants. Why didn't Uncle Chris bring me something? So you're going to bail me out? How I'll so? bail you out, man. How so? How so? I'm going to tell you what the kid is going to do. He's going to do handstands. You're going to walk through the door. The kid's going to do handstands. When handstands. I bring him what? You're going to stop at any quick check at just about any gas station that has a convenience store. Uh-huh. And you're going to load up with a big, fat fist full of Pokemon cards. Oh my God! For the six-year-old, really, I should I should introduce him. What if he doesn't know about Pokemon yet? Six-year-old, believe me, he knows yeah. more about Pokemon than you and I'll ever know in a lifetime. Okay? I know I know uh, very little about Pokemon. I know nothing I'm gonna about go on Pokemon. As... All I know is that you give the kid a pack of cards. They their eyes light up. Their little eyes light up. They their cheeks. Because they all like the bright and they... colors and the funny shapes. Huh? They like the bright colors and the funny shapes. Exactly. Okay. The well... wacky hijinks of the pokey things. Well, I could do that. See. I, no I mean, problem. if you're absolutely Maybe, strapped. I mean, but, I know but, you're you know, there for a while. But the other thing I like, the, the other last-minute gift, of course, is the goddamn truck from the gas station. Hess trucks. My father would come home oh, with Hess trucks. Well, you know, they're not gone yet, believe me. There's still a lot of places. You can get an Exxon truck for a kid, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, you can get your Exxon, your Sunoco, yeah. your Shell. I want anyone that's out there listening who's got a cell phone pulling into a gas station, let me know if they have any trucks left. Just ask the guy. Yeah, and that way, when I'm going home, I know where to go for the trucks. I can go to the Shell station, the mobile. Right. It always was just Hess, but then suddenly everybody got into the act, and now everybody's got... Well, you know I think we should have a WFMU truck available for the holidays. Right? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what happened? The whole world went collectible crazy. Oh, everything's an instant collectible now. It's, 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 you go to the store, and it's stamped collectible right there on it. Exactly. So you, in case you're stupid and you don't know. You go to Toys R Us now, and they don't just have Barbie dolls in boxes on a shelf. No. They, they have these They got the custom extra deluxe places, you know, Barbie doll. You can't even touch them. You can That's look, right. You can't touch Please, them. sir, do not step you know? back from the Barbie. Please, and sir, it, do not step near the really Barbie. Step back away from the Barbie. And if right. you have to ask how much, you can't afford that. Well, you, the Bob Mackie, there's like a Bob Mackie Barbie, is, and they're all made by the same political prisoners in China. That's the best part. Yes. As far as I'm concerned. It's the children of political prisoners. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Well, that's... Hey, thanks for kicking off the holiday show. Hey, anyway. Hey, uh, I had to call up and say happy holidays. Happy like holidays. my favorite DJ. Well, uh, you know... Hey, you know, you're not really a DJ. I'm not a DJ. I correct people all the time. My favorite radio personality? No, I like talk show host. Talk show host? Yeah. My favorite talk show host. I think hosting a talk show is a very noble thing to do. I think it is, too, especially it's a noble, because... It's a noble only, profession. This is the only talk show uh -huh. that doesn't that doesn't stoop to, like, you know, the dopey sensationalism. I mean, you don't... You know, yeah, exactly. The, the eye poke kind of... Uh, I suppose I should have just kept my mouth shut. Like I'm mute. And then everybody would have been happy. I don't resort to... I don't stoop to low... No, it's a very highbrow show. It is. Absolutely. It is. That's the way I conceived it. I know. I know yeah. the long hours in the boardroom, you know, each week before the show hits. You know? Yeah, absolutely. You We're know, trying to work out what was going to happen that week. Listen, have a happy holiday on the hill. We shall do up that. Up there on and the hill. Wherever 
your travels take you. Uh, have a happy and safe home. I'm heading out to Long Island. I'm going to the Ancestral Homestead. I won't be here next week, by the way, uh, no? on New Year's Eve. No, I'll, I'll, I'll be on tape. Really? But you're still welcome to call. It's much safer that way. Yeah. It's much safer. Believe me, I would not want to be in Jersey City. Yeah. You know, when, when that clock ticks. I know. You know. I, well, uh, from our roof, we could probably watch the World Trade Center topple over. So that would be cool. Imagine uh, you're I standing there on the roof and suddenly the World Trade Center just goes, you know. You did, How cool you know, would that be? You get splashed by the wave. Well, it would be cool to see it, you know. Yeah, yeah. As long as yeah. as long as who's ever on mic at the time has the kind of descriptive qualities that the guy who watched the Hindenburg go down. Absolutely. You know, yeah. if somebody could go, oh, the humanity, just once. Yeah. I mean, that would really put FMU on the map. I think so. I think so. I could be there live on the roof. Maybe I should be here next week. I don't know. Bye-bye. Check the halls. I can't wait for goddamn Christmas. And I also want to report on where the damn trucks are. I want to be able to get a truck for the kid on the way home. So if you pull into a gas station and you see that they got some, let me know which gas station. The Mobile, the Exxon, the Shell, the Sunoco, the Gulf, the Exxon. Did I say Exxon? Hello, welcome to the air. What's up over there? Where are you? Hey. In Brooklyn? Yeah. Where in Brooklyn? What part of Brooklyn? Bay Ridge. I used to hang out in Bay Ridge all the time. Do you realize that? Um, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? How would you know I was hanging out in Bay Ridge? I don't know. Oh, okay. What part of Bay Ridge? Um. I'm, th- I'm thinking of New Utrecht Avenue. It's by Shore Road. Okay. All right. I'll shut up now. You can talk. Why were you calling the show? Why did you feel compelled to call the program? Um, because my father said to. Your father told you to call the show? Yeah. What is he, he arm-twisting you now? No. Did you not want to? No, I wanted to. Oh, okay. What's your name, ma'am? Estelle. Estelle? Yeah. I like that name. That's a Thank great. You. That's a great name. You should be very proud of that. <laughs> so, uh, Estelle, do you like Christmas time? Yes. And what were you hoping to get for Christmas? CDs. What kind of CDs? What stars? Um, Smash Mouth. You like Smash Mouth? Yes. And who else? Um, Savage Garden. Savage Garden? What is that stuff? Is that like punk rock? Not really. Oh. Is it acoustic guitars and guys jumping up and down when they sing? Singing about nonsense things like bare naked ladies and stuff? Not really. You know, bare naked ladies suck. Did you know that? (laughs) How, How old are you? Twelve. You know that bare naked ladies suck, right? I guess so. Okay. You wouldn't buy no bare naked ladies CDs for Christmas, would you? No. Because then I'd have to hang up on you. you okay. Don't, you don't want that. No. So I'm glad that your father coerced you into calling Estelle. Oh, yeah, going deep into the Aerial View archives for Christmas content. Why? Because, well, the WFMU archives are so deep to begin with. There's so much stuff already there at aerialview.me. I had to really dig to find this stuff. And here's our last bit of digging from 2004. It's more Ghosts of Aerial View Christmas Shows Past. Okay, here's the story I promised you earlier. It's called the WDOA Christmas, and it takes us back about six Christmases ago to one of the very worst jobs I've ever had. It was the topper to what had been a crappy year. It started promisingly. 
with a brand new relationship with a woman I was really in love with and a brand new job in public radio. The relationship ended by March, and I think it was the abortion that did it. It certainly didn't help. The job quickly proved to be incapable of supporting me, so I went looking for another job and eventually found one at a commercial radio station in New Jersey. God, what I went through to get this job. Two interviews, a month of waiting, all sorts of discussions about what I would be doing at this job. I was supposed to be an operations manager and do some production on the side, some recording, working with the equipment, etc. It quickly turned into a living nightmare. I became, essentially, the receptionist and Man Friday. I answered the phone, I opened the mail, I worked directly for the sales department, creating pamphlets and flyers. I got nowhere near any production or equipment and quickly realized I was royally screwed unless I could make it to the unemployment threshold, which was 90 days away. But first came the office Christmas party. So let's go there now. A little bit about this radio station. It was an AM standard station, which meant we played Perry Como and Frank Sinatra and uh, Perry Como and Frank Sinatra. You get the idea. It was the same thing over and over again, and it was a dying format even when I got on board. The office Christmas party did not take place in the office of this particular radio station. It happened at a fancy restaurant somewhere in Bergen County, whose name now escapes me. Maybe I've shut it out permanently. But um, I put on my best suit and tie, got down there, and found myself jammed in next to the Dragon Lady. The Dragon Lady was the wife of the owner of the radio station. She was an older woman who uh, was incredibly vain and had obviously had a lot of face work done and wore tons of makeup and went around in fashions that were 30 years too young for her. So there I am jammed in next to her and she's wearing this horrific outfit. It's got white flecks all over a black background, making her look like a baked Alaska. I comment on it and she thanks me profusely, which is her way. She never says thank you once. She says, thank you. Thank you. You're very nice. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was nice of you to say. Thank you. She thanks me so many times, I just want to punch her in the gut. Hard. Then when she's doubled over, screeching in shock, in pain, I'd yell, thank you. How did it happen I'm sitting next to the dragon lady? I came back from the bathroom late. That's how. I screwed up. Everyone else was seated by the time I got back from the bathroom. Fifteen of my co-workers on both sides of two long tables set in a V. The only available seat is next to her. Just for myself, I do the whole Yosemite Sam, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me routine all the way down the back of the table. Then I'm pinned in. To my immediate right is her, the dragon lady. To her right is the husband, the radio veteran, a man who had a Mexican border blaster station, someone I'd love to talk to. Instead, the dragon lady leans over, whispers to me, gossiping about the morning man. Why doesn't Al have his fiance with him? What's wrong with her? He's such a nice man. She wants to go off to Las Vegas. What's wrong with her? Gee, I don't know. Poor Al, I say, tasting the pasta. It's excellent. Bow tie pasta. Flavored. Spinach. And a wonderful sauce. 
Man, this stuff's tasty. I dig in while trying to ask the husband a question. Is it true you put Wolfman Jack on the air for the first time? But the dragon lady blocks his reply. She leans over and says, Al is so talented, don't you think? Um, uh-huh, I answer, swigging my red wine. Then I sip some Pellegrino. Not two feet away, Al is performing magic tricks. He works children's parties. He does sleight of hand. He did some tricks at the bar when we all first came in. Great stuff, up-close magic. I love it because one of the first things I remember wanting to be was a magician. I got as far as buying TV magic cards and then lost interest. Al's a damn good magician. He's got an excellent line of patter. I like him. He's a diabetic and has been known to pass out in the parking garage. He gets disoriented when his blood sugar drops. He has a great radio voice, a really classic set of pipes. But you have to watch him and make sure he eats or he collapses. I watch him fan out a deck of cards. The dragon lady taps my shoulder again. And what about poor Ellen? You think they took her mother off life support? Ellen skipped the Christmas party. Her elderly mother's in a coma. I don't know, I say, moving on to the salad. Wow, the salad's excellent, too. This might be a good meal after all. I try to get another question into the old man. Do you have any air checks from the 1950s? Sure, we have all that at home, he says, but then she jumps in again and asks, What about Doria? Isn't she just the best? Look at her. Look how nice she looks. I look over at Doria. Jesus Christ, on a bike. She looks like a deflated punch ball. She sags everywhere. She's wearing so much pancake makeup, her skin is the color of band-aids. She's also got on some god-awful shiny sequin thing, shooting off light in a million colors and directions. It's like putting diamonds on a turd. Worse, she's been acting friendly toward me all night. Very insincere. Very unsettling. Doria is an ass-kisser of a caliber I've yet to come across, and I've known some major league ass-kissers. She works with surgical precision, smiling no longer than necessary, laughing when advisable, praising when desirable, every act carefully calculated to make the right people like her. She's totally incapable of being in the moment or being real. She's a powdered carcass. Her husband sits alongside her, laughing like a jackass. What the hell was he thinking? She must have been a completely different person when they met. Why would any man in his right mind marry that? The husband shovels pasta in his pie hole while Doria sucks ass. And for the two of you, because you are the best people in the world to work for, and WDOA is the best station to work for, we all got together and got you this. I didn't get together. She joined me up. She came to me just yesterday, stuck that putrid, sagging face too near to mine, whispered, We got them something. You know, a gift for tomorrow. It's got an old-timey microphone on top. Huh? I whispered back, thinking, What the hell is she talking about? Don't worry. I'll tell you later. I got them a gift from all of us. Everyone's putting in $10. Everyone? Me too? I won't have it until payday, I tell her. That's okay, she answers. I'll get it from you then. Damn. What if I don't like what she got them? What if it's some stupid piece of crap? I'm obligated to pay for some stupid gift that cow got them? Screw her. Doria produces a misshapen, poorly wrapped box and plops it down in front of the owners of the station. Ooh, coos the dragon lady. Look at this, dear. What do you think it is? Her husband shakes his head, annoyed. 
I don't know. Why don't you open it up? She turns to me, the dragon lady, and repeats the question. What do you think it is? A human head, I say? She frowns. The head of your enemy, I add? She laughs. These two have lots of enemies in the radio business. There are a whole filing cabinets back at WDOA devoted to individual lawsuits. Doria continues, This is from all of us because you are the best station owners ever. She helps Dragon Lady pull the wrapping from the box. Their painted talons tear and shred, open the top, toss tissue paper aside, finally revealing, ta-da, a trophy with an old-timey microphone on top. Doria hoists it for all to see. Oohs and ahs go up. I look at it and think, what the? And that is a piece of crap. I butter some bread. Doria can't help herself. She grabs the trophy, puts on her bifocals. Let me read the inscription. To the best station owners ever, from all of us at WDOA. Everyone claps. Dragon Lady and her husband beam. Look at that, honey, she says. Doria hands the husband the trophy. He examines it. In case he can't figure out what that is on top, Doria points it out for him. It's an old-timey microphone. She's beyond content with herself. Then my thigh buzzes. It's my pager. I contort, get a hand in my right pocket, fish it out, discreetly sneak it up to the table, and shield it from view. I hit the light. Not a number I recognize. It's her, though. It's Kitten. Somehow I just know it. The trophy is passed around for all to see. It's a nice job for a goddamn trophy. But such a tacky gift. A trophy from all of us that none of us knew about. What a bitch. It doesn't look to be worth more than $60. Dory is collecting $10 from 22 people? What's she doing with the extra $160? Buying bonbons? The trophy moment has passed. The dragon lady turns to me and starts a new game. How old do you think Al is? I don't know, I answer, digging into my newly arrived salmon. Hmm, this is the best salmon I've ever tasted. I take a stab at Al's age. 42? 43? Really? 42? And Dan? How old is Dan? I look over at our afternoon guy. He's got bulging eyes. I hadn't been on the job a week when he led me into the studio very seriously. See this, he said, pointing to a red button on the console. If anything ever happens to anyone on the air, push this. What does it do, I ask? It switches the computer on, Dan says. The computer is loaded with programming. Songs, commercials, announcements, etc. It's assembled days in advance and broadcasts 7 p.m. until 6 a.m. usually. More people should know about this button, Dan tells me. It isn't until weeks later I find out about his bump ticker. Enlarged heart, he tells me. I guess Dan's age. 50? 49? I don't know. I fill my fork with salmon, raise it to my mouth. Dragon Lady grips my forearm. And Bill? What's his age? What the? Will she really make me guess the age of everyone at this table? Bill's our program director, earning 65 grand a year, for God knows what. 39, 40, I guess, lifting my fork again. And Roger? How old does Roger look to you? 41, 42? I still can't get the fork in my mouth. And Brianna? How old is Brianna? 40. I stop hemming and hawing. 
I decide to give her one answer only. Then maybe I can chew some fish between questions. And Ben, 53. And Doria, 32. And Darren? Darren Drucker on the air between Al and Dan is drunk as a lord on free booze. A cop, were he to meet Darren on the way home tonight, might write in his little pad, visibly drunk. The cop would have noticed the slurred speech, the eyelids at half-mast, the drunk's deliberateness. Darren's my ride home, by the way. I asked for a ride because my car didn't have enough gas to get me to the party. I'm between paydays, so I can't even fuel up. Darren's the only one who offers to take me back and forth to the party, saying, Okay, you can go with me. I'll swing back this way coming home. Do you know how to drive stick? He's overly curious. Um, not really. I mean, I could fake it, I tell him. He shrugs. A little backstory here. In 1989, while working as a shipping clerk at a small electronics firm, I spent many lunch hours driving a co-worker's beater VW Bug around the parking lot. I had gotten it in my head I should learn how to drive a stick. I felt like half a man letting my damn transmission shift itself. The co-worker wanted to unload this car, hence the free lessons. I got pretty good, but the bug died before she could sell it to me. I hadn't driven stick long enough to feel competent. Downshifting still throws me. I'll be all right, Darren says, reassuring me. I'll be fine. Right now, his head is bobbing like an ear of corn on the stalk. You okay, Darren? I call to him across the table. He squints his eyes at me, frowns. Yes, of course. Others notice, too. I'm embarrassed for Darren. Except it's the office Christmas party, and they all have a drunk, right? The dragon lady's son, my boss, says to me earlier, Don't worry about getting home if you don't feel like it. We'll put you up at a hotel, or get you home somehow. It was a touching gesture. I saw myself ordering a nice Lincoln Town car for the ride back to work. I'd sit in the back seat with the partition up, smoking a fatty. Al's doing magic tricks again, over dessert. He does one card gag too many, loses the order of the spiel, the sequence of the cards. The whole thing is thrown off and crashes to a halt. Maybe you should practice more at home, the station owner offers. Everyone laughs. Al is visibly concentrating now, reshuffling the cards, trying to salvage the trick. He keeps up the patter, but it's all just mechanics now. We've seen the man behind the curtain. Then there's silence. Al tries to cover it with a joke. I asked Fred if he was getting bald. He said, not as much as I'd like to. The joke settles like a wet fart. I drink my coffee. My thigh buzzes again. It's the same number as before. It's kitten. I know it. Oh, God, how I wish I were with her right now. I realize I can't wait to see her again. You sure you're okay to drive, asked the doctor of Darren. I'm fine, he insists. You sure? I can call you a car. It's okay. The doctor is not taking no for an answer. He doesn't want the lawsuit. Darren's annoyed. I said I'm fine. I'm fine. He doesn't look fine. Everyone in the room knows he's thoroughly stewed. He shouldn't be driving home a point. Al pulls me aside. Can you drive his car? It's a standard. I could learn. I could learn right now. How hard could it be? I feel thoroughly emasculated. If only I had stuck with it. If only I had learned to shift a standard. Darren's bundled up, ready to go. The doctor makes one last try. We could put you in a hotel. It's no problem. I picture myself in some nice holiday inn room. Free cable, room service, the same big fatty. 
Let's leave, Darren says to me. I turn to the doctor. I shrug. The look of concern on his face is surprising. I didn't think he cared. Somehow, I'm following Darren out, saying goodnight as I go. We're walking to his car, and Darren blows off steam. I thought I'd never get out of there, he says. He asks me for a cigarette. I tell him I don't smoke. Apropos of nothing, he says, I bet you've done drugs, though. He's trying to be hip with me? I'm still not sure why I don't just go back inside and take the doctor up on his offer. For some damn reason, I'm more worried about embarrassing Darren than possibly getting killed on the roadway. Schmuck. I only just met her, I think. Kitten. I climb into the passenger side of Darren's car. I just met a great girl, and now I'm going to die on some rain-slick road just because I can't drive a stick. Jesus. I'm mumbling to myself while Darren tries to figure out how to get the wipers off intermittent. Damn, he says, flicking one switch after another. Christ, where is it? I sit there, noticing the lack of a supplemental restraint on the passenger side. This is no Volvo. To pass the time, I talk about cars. What year is this thing, I ask Darren. Let's see. Bought it ten years ago, and it was two years old. An 87. Yeah. Four-liter engine? Yup. Pretty fast? Oh, yeah. You still put the top down? All summer long. Any airbags in here? I don't know. He finally finds the wiper switch, turns it, and simultaneously tries to peel out of the parking lot. The light rain has brought the grease up from the asphalt. The car slides to the left, heading for a small lawn statue. Whoa! Darren laughs. I grab the edges of my seat. My thigh buzzes again. I pull the pager out of my pocket. It's a different number. Another one I don't recognize. But it's Kitten, calling from her job. I just know it. You got a cell phone by any chance, I asked Darren. No. Why do you want a cell phone? You think I can't make it home, don't you? No. I just got paged. By who? I don't know, but I think it might be important. I don't have a cell phone. Now how the hell do I get on the parkway? I begin feeding him directions. Left here, right there, third light, here's the sign. Soon we're on the Garden State Parkway, snaking south. It's unlit. The car's headlights make out sheets of water on the roadway. Hydroplaning, I say to myself. Hydroplaning occurs when your tires lose contact with the roadway because they're floating on a bed of water. You might as well be on a sheet of ice. I can't get the word hydroplaning out of my mind. Some stinking party, huh? Darren asks. He almost mounts the curb. Whoa, he laughs. The food was excellent, I say. What did you have? The salmon? I had the sirloin strip. It was very good. I can't wait to be home. I close my eyes and I try to remember Kitten's face. It's still hard to bring it into focus. I think I have it, then realize the eyes are wrong, or I didn't quite get the lips. Then I remember one particular moment from last Saturday. We're at this great party, and I've finally gotten her alone. She showed up with a co-worker, and I've been trying to pry her free for over an hour. We head upstairs, find a long couch in a dark corner. Her black dress makes most of her disappear, but her skin shines softly pink. I stare into her cleavage, then along her legs and finally at her face. You're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen, I say to her. She smiles, answers, you haven't seen enough women. Honey, I say, I've seen plenty of women. That's the face I want to remember. Absolutely sweet, heartbreaking. I lock onto it, shut my eyes tight, burn the image in. 
Darren keeps losing the road, shouting, Whoa, as he does. The car slides around like its ass is buttered. I don't care anymore. I'm thinking of Kitten and what I'll say next time we get on the phone. Fifteen more minutes and we're back in the parking garage. I bet you'll never drive with me again, Darren jokes as he drops me off. Ha ha. Be careful on the way home, huh? I tell him as I climb out of his car. You friggin' maniac, I think to myself. I head upstairs for a wicked leak. Exiting the bathroom, I remember the pager. It's 11.30 when I finally sit down at my desk and dial the number. A young man answers. It's Kitten's workplace. I ask for her. Hold on, he says. Then she's on the phone. I tell her all about the office party, the ride home with Darren. She laughs. We both laugh. We talk for 20 minutes. She tells me about her frogs, about last year when she got hit by a car, and where she lives, how she spends her free time. I'm enraptured. I see her beautiful face in my mind, and I laugh. I've got to learn how to drive a stick, I tell myself. And you put the, the mouse trap with a clever ruse of yours in case some dope is stupid enough to stick a hand in it. Wait to see this thing. Hmm. I can't wait to see it. Let me listen. There it is. Oh, that is beautiful. Certainly is. What is it? <laughs> it it's a box to keep half pens in. <laughs> see? Got a little secret compartment for bobby pens. Boy, what do I think of next, huh? Yeah. You know, when I bought this thing, the guy told me it's all handmade, you know. It's yeah. 2,000 matches glued together. Oh, look at that thing. And he said it was made across the seas, you know. I thought he was kidding me, but right there it says made in Japan. There it is, in black and white. I'm telling you, this, this is something that, that a girl would not go out and buy for herself. You say that again. And another thing about this, the guy told me that this is the only one of these in the whole world. That at one time this was in the house of the Emperor of Japan. It was smuggled into this country. No kid. I'm telling you. I just can't wait to see the expression on her face when she gets this. I'd like to see the expression on the Emperor of Japan's face when he finds out his message. <laughs> Chris T here again with this Chris T mess as I lay underneath my tree at home, reducing the number of ornaments I own, because God knows I don't want to put all these away. Oh, so many. So many ornaments. Here's an excerpt from an aerial view from a couple of years ago. Some phone calls all about religion. I was trying to listen to a record. Hello? W. All right. F. Okay. M. Bye. U. Hello, welcome to the air. Hey. How you doing, buddy? All right, how are you? Oh, I'm pretty good, pretty good. I just wanted to say what's up. Who am I speaking with? Oh, this is Mikey. Mikey, how are you? I'm pretty good. Glad to hear it. Yeah. Uh, what are we talking about today? I don't even know. You, don't, you haven't been listening to the program? Have someone Has someone talked you into calling, Mikey? Are you being held against uh, your will? Well, um, 
I kind of just turned on the radio now, and I heard you say the number, and I was like, oh. Oh, well, that's thank you. That's very agreeable of you. Yes, the number is 201-209-9368. I was asking people what religion they were raised in and whether they're still religious now. Oh, well, I, I was raised uh, like Roman Catholic, but I haven't really been religious for, for many years now. Why is that, Mikey? I don't know. I just kind of, I used to go to church with my family, then eventually we just stopped going. You know, because I, I don't know, we just... Well, I mean, there's been a number of scandals. There's the pedophile priest thing, yeah, uh, among others. I, I mean, know, I know one of those. You, you do? Yeah. Did he touch you, Mikey, inappropriately in your swimsuit area? Uh, no, but I think he wanted to. <laughs> really? Overnight yeah. camping trips, that kind of thing. What was he? What's up? Was he doing overnight camping trips with you, Mike? What? How? How did you know he wanted to touch you? I was working, and he—I got a call from this guy, and I—I don't recall ever giving him my number or anything. Yeesh. I was like pretty weirded out by that. And he was like, "Hey, was it you that uh, asked me to borrow a book from me?" And I was like, "No." I was like, "Oh, well, I have you on, on, on the line. You know, how, how are you doing?" Like, and he was like, <laughs> "He was like, oh, you're very handsome, you know." And I was like, "Oh, okay." You're kidding you me. No. He, asked, he said you were very handsome, and he's a priest. Yeah. Wow. But, Mikey, I mean, did you... you, know, did you... Not a bad thing to say, but, you know, the fight was all off. No, men usually don't tell each other they're handsome, though. That's not uh, usual behavior between men. I don't know. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know if that I should qualify that straight men. Maybe gay men tell each other all the time, you're handsome. Sure. But, I mean, uh, and, I, that's, I and that's fine. You know, I'm, I'm flattered. Did you tell anybody at the I'm time? Not, not no, it's. Up? Did you tell anybody at the time this happened? Uh, I, I probably brought it up like at the bar with my buddy, just like, you know, laugh or whatever. Oh, really? That'll stop a conversation dead, won't it? <laughs> yeah. Did they laugh, well, your buddies? What'd they think of it? Uh, well, my buddy who I told, he actually knew him from, he used to like work for him for a while, and like, he, uh, yeah. <laughs> stuff was going on with like really. You know, he, he worked for him when he was a kid, and he always felt like uh, he um, weird stuff was going on. Father Donovan, what? Hmm? I just no. I'm sorry. I was reenacting the scene oh. at the bar for a moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Father Donovan, what? Huh? <laughs> yeah. I don't know that his name was Father Donovan, but hey, I like that name. You know, we, we could we could say that. <laughs> it's fine. So, did did you ever speak to him again? No. <laughs> you never saw him again. You didn't have to pass by him in church. Uh, no. Well, I haven't been to church in a long time. You know. Wow. Actually, uh, I only got back in touch with him like before, um, like a little while before the time he called me, because um, I I had to do community service. You know, this, this was like a few years ago, and basically I was, when I was like 20, I got busted for, for like underage drinking on like private property or whatever, mm -hmm. and, and I had to do community service, and I didn't know when I signed up for this place, but he actually like ran the place, so like I, I saw him, and I don't know, he probably took my number from like uh, from like the files they had there or, or whatever. And How old were you it, at the time? I was 20. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, you know, it wasn't a big. I mean, you know, I I wasn't like traumatized by it or anything. You know? No, but it's I was, like it, I was old enough to just be like, all right, this guy's weird, you know. I'm not saying you were traumatized by it. You sound like you know. Uh, listen, you you uh, you uh, got through that unscathed, but there are other boys who didn't. You know, who knows who else Father Donovan uh, talked into coming over to yeah. take out a quote unquote book. Yeah. I got a book here for you by Dickens. I'd like you to read. Do you like oh, Dickens? Yeah. Uh, I don't know that guy. No, I'm. I'm. Uh, that was my Father Donovan. I'm sorry. I should have made that clear, Mikey. Father, oh, Father Donovan. Oh, I got you. I, got I could have went another way with like an Irish thing. I've got a book here by Dickens I'd like you to read. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Mikey, I'm glad that you're okay. And are you, oh, you yeah. said you no longer really uh, celebrate. Do you celebrate Christmas? Do you keep the, the, uh, the secular trappings of Christmas like we do at my house? I mean, yeah. Uh, That's good. I, yeah. I actually had to work the last couple of Christmas. Yeah, I, I I knocked the bulb off of the Christmas tree today. Do you have a Christmas tree in your house? Uh, no. No. I was thinking about getting one, like, real soon. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. I, I like Christmas trees, you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. They, they make you feel good. Well, listen, Mikey, thanks for calling. Oh, no problem. Tell your friends to call. Yeah. All right? Thanks. Okay, cool. And listen, you have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Oh, you too, buddy. All right, son. You're under arrest our duty to advise you of your constitutional rights. You have the right to remain silent, and any statements you make may be used against you in a court of law. You have the right to the presence of an attorney. If you cannot afford one, one will be appointed before any questioning. Do you understand that? There I am. I'm over there now. I'm not here anymore. My hair is green, and I'm a tree. There's a phone call from a few years ago all about Father Donovan. It's Chris T. With my Chris T. mess, some highlights from... Aerial View Christmas shows from years past. And there's more up ahead. Well, you know, the holiday season has arrived, and with it, a little letter from Toledo, Ohio. Let's just read that right now, shall we? Dear church lady, I am shocked at the number of people who bring their children to total strangers in Santa suits and allow them to hold their young ones firmly on their pelvic region, offer them candy, and whisper, don't be afraid to tell me what you really want. <laughs> What causes this mass hysteria signed Elaine? Well, Elaine, let's examine the word Santa, shall we? Santa. Let's see, what have we got here? We've got an S and an A, an N, a T, and another A. Hmm. Who could be causing all those laps to bounce up and down so furiously? Who would help grown men steal the focus from the baby Jesus on his birthday? Who could it be? I just don't know. Could it be... Satan? The Freeform Station of the Nation. WFMU, East Orange, WMFU, Mount Hope, WFMU.org. Chris T. here on Aerial View and at aerialview.me where you can find archives and podcasts, Twitter, feed, Facebook, the whole damn, the whole damn shooting match. Hello, welcome to the air. Uh, hello, I, I feel welcome. Well, I'm glad you do. I try to make it a welcoming experience, and hopefully you feel welcome. <laughs> what is your name, friend? Uh, well, my assumed name will be Jackie Jr. Jackie Jr.? But my story will be factual. I want to hear your story. Uh, well, we're talking about religion, correct? Uh, correct. Uh, 
I was, I guess I was raised uh, a garden variety Catholic. Um, my brother and I went to CCU or whatever, CCD after school every once in a while until I was about eight years old. And my younger sister died, and my mother gave up on faith altogether, and we didn't talk about it for years or anything like that. And as I was a teenager, I kind of I saw religion all around me. In fact, you're bombarded with religion everywhere you go. And uh, I kind of felt, as a confused, misguided teenager, like religion was missing from my life. And uh, the more and more I looked into it and did my research and read about different religions, the more and more it all sounded like a bunch of crap. And uh, I've pretty much been atheist ever since then. Yeah, it's tough, uh, isn't it? I I, uh, I really if, I try not to talk about it because I if I talk to uh, if I talk too freely about it, there may be somebody around who isn't comfortable with my atheism, and I find that disturbing because I'm comfortable with anything else anybody else wants to be. I mean, I'm comfortable with. You, if you want to be a Scientologist, if you want to be a Mormon, if you want to be a Pentecostal, if you want to be a, a Baptist, if you want to be, uh, you know, the, the Amish. I, I have no problem with anybody I'm who with does you. anything. I'm with you. Yeah, uh, pretty m- much. I, Muslims, I, I, uh, Catholics, Hindus. rules uh, in life is I'll do what I want and you do what you want. You I, I believe well, all I just, as well. That, I, wish, uh, uh, I wish other people could... Uh, take that on too you know well but people are threatened by your uh, lack of faith because they want reflection of their own beliefs they want to they want an endorsement they want you to sign off on what they believe and you they want you to believe the same thing so that they don't have to feel nervous about what they believe because the more people who believe the more they believe and the more you believe the more i believe and the more true, they believe yeah. yeah so they have submitted to a life of conformity and they uh no that's not that's not see i i i i disagree i mean i i understand what you're saying fundamentally but it goes beyond conformity it's a belief in um uh, you know what george carlin called the greatest offer of all time you know life everlasting this idea of heaven i mean that was the radical innovation of the new testament was that you were now if you were did certain things on this earth you were guaranteed life everlasting and and what did you have to do? You have to uh, you have to fess up, own up to your sins, and accept Jesus Christ as your as your Lord and Savior, and then Follow you're good the to go. And be a good little boy or a good little girl. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I listen. I uh, I have uh, huge issues with the whole thing. I, I cannot. Uh, I can't sign off on it. Unfortunately, I do not, well. not any longer. Well, you know what else? You know what else bugs me is. Uh, I I am atheist, uh, which means I uh, I am anti-religion. Which uh, you won't find me saying I hate God. Um, I don't believe in any particular God. I haven't been it hasn't been proven to me. But um, I I find myself embarrassed by other atheists all the time. Um, they, they say the stupidest things like I hate God. If you're atheist, you don't believe in God. How could you hate the man <laughs> or the woman or whatever? Um, so I, I, like you said, I end up keeping quiet about it. Yeah. Um, and just keeping it to myself. And, and, and it's probably for the best because I mean, you want to be social when you're socializing, right? I mean, that is the yeah, the uh, yeah. fundamental word in socializing is is social. So you don't. But if you want to be antisocial, go and tell them God is dead and there is no God. <laughs> and you know what I mean? 
I, yeah, I yeah. prefer to talk about well, how I was raised because that's the simplest, easiest thing that you could talk about. Well, you know, we were raised Roman Catholic, and my grandmother went to the church three times a day. She went to Mass three times a day, and when she wasn't at Mass, she was praying on the rosary beads and trying to get into heaven, make sure she got have, into heaven. Have you ever had a friend who was uh, very, I, very religious and it just... I had a friend that not like, only... Hey, what'd you do this weekend? Oh, I went to church, and it was all this, and it was I all have that. To, now I have to and tell the story. And you do, like, put a little thing in there about what you feel like or how you believe with, uh, you know, with religion. Have you ever lost a friend because of that? Uh... Because yes, because yes and no. So I mean, here's what happened to me. Well, let me answer your... Uh, even be around Jackie you or, or Johnny, or the, what's your name? Time anymore? What, what's your name again? What name are you uh, assuming? My I mean, assumed name will be Jackie Jr. Jackie Jr. But let me tell you the story of Joe Governor. Now, there was a guy when I was growing up named, named Joe Governor, and it was spelled with a few U's. And uh, he, overnight, became a born-again Christian, and it was the weirdest thing I'd ever seen. Like, we used to hang out with this guy, me and my friend Jeff. We'd hang out with, with Joe Governor because we were getting to be old enough to drink. We were, like, 17, 18 years old, and back then the drinking age was 18, and you know, he always had beer, and we'd go over to his house, and we'd hang out, and we'd get into some minor vandalism. We had this thing we'd like to do in this parking lot of this shopping center where the uh, the Abraham and Strauss store used to be. We would pull up behind a shopping cart, and we called it shopping cart bingo. And you hit the gas on your car, and you go really fast, and, and you send the shopping cart. You try to shoot it up, you know, uh, up a curb and get it to go yep. flying, get it to go airborne. You know, now this was something... We, we used to do with Joe Governor. I think he introduced us to this game. Me and Jeff knew nothing about this, and he was like, you want to go do some shopping cart bingo? And we were like, sure. <laughs> and then the next thing I know, he, he, he becomes a born-again Christian, and now we go over his house. There's no beer, and he's doing Bible study, and he wants to talk to us about accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And Jeff and I were like, yeah, but what does that mean? No more... No more shopping cart bingo? No more <laughs> beer? I mean, what do you... And, uh... <laughs> yeah, it was it was wild. It gets weird. It, it, uh, it, it gets in the way of, of, a lot of, of a lot of good things. Now, I, I asked earlier if anybody wanted to guess what I, uh, I bought for my wife. The most romantic Christmas gift you can get for your wife. Uh, what do you think that, that might be, Jackie? Oh my goodness! Um, the most romantic. Well, my wife and I have kids, so uh, a romantic getaway would be like, uh, you know, the key, you know, for romance. A romantic you, <laughs> a night or a weekend without the kids. Yeah, weekend without the, uh, the kids. That would be the most romantic thing I could do for my wife at Christmas. Uh, that you think would be a no? That's not what I did, unfortunately. <laughs> no, that you're wrong. Sorry, but. Thanks for calling, and, and thanks for helping me remember Joe Governor, who I have no idea where he is now. I, I don't know. I lost track of him many years ago, and I still remember thinking, how do you go overnight from one thing to this other thing? And then I read years later that sometimes schizophrenics will do that. They'll have this overnight religious conversion. And I looked back, and I realized that Joe Governor was, a, was definitely a schizophrenic. <laughs> this, <laughs> There's no other way to explain some of the things that he he did and some of the behavior he engaged in, and then and then he found God. So good for well, you. I didn't Joe. I didn't lose my particular friend that I was talking about, but because I hit him over the head what? repeatedly with the uh, the notion that I'm going to do what I want and you go ahead and do what you want. Oh Let's boy, just leave it at that and be friends. Other yeah. than 
you know, apart from that. Well, people, <laughs> I, like, I, over that? like I said, people, they get upset about it. There's a, a comment yeah. up on the playlist right now. So much energy that atheists spend on not believing in something. So funny, I think, so ironic. <laughs> so uh, very ironic. Thanks, Jackie, if that is your name. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. That'll do it for me, Chris T, on this mega Chris T mess featuring lots and lots of Christmas content from years past. I I really don't know why I'm calling it content. I'll be honest with you. I never used that word. I I don't understand why I'm using it now. Uh, I, I, I would go back and change it, but screw it. This thing's already done. It's in the can, as they say. So... Again, I want to just take a moment to wish everybody a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, if that's what you celebrate. If you don't, if you're celebrating something else, if you're celebrating the solstice or something uh, entirely different, whatever it might be, just get really drunk and have a good time. Hang out with your friends and enjoy your family. And let's all gird ourselves for 2016. What do you say? I'm going to do some girding myself right now. And uh, as always, if you would like to give me any feedback, you could always go to the playlist for this show at aerialview.me, or you could drop me a line at ct at wfmu.org. And I love to get some feedback. You can also sign up for the newsletter at that same email address ct at wfmu.org just drop me a line and say you would like to receive the see you next tuesday newsletter and i will make that happen we're up to i think the next newsletter will be number 100 can you believe it it's almost two years of weekly newsletters i'm very impressed by that so please sign up if you get a chance and uh, i will be back In a week, I will see you next Tuesday with a a special New Year's Eve show. And until then, friends, please go and find me online at aerialview.me. And again, have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. It's the Anti-Claus. He's he's coming in. Let the Anti-Claus in. Oh my God! I'm the taking all these toys is, with me. He, he broke. He broke his way in, and he's he's stealing all the children's toys. He's dressed. He's dressed in green and black. I hate your guts, and I hate Christmas. Don't smack me! Where are Where am I giants? Where am I giants? Grab all those toys! Grab all of them! Oh my God! He's, he's, he's handing out nails and screws and bobby pins. Take him out in the forest and smash him with a ball peen Oh, no. Oh, oh, oh. Have a rotten Christmas, you rotten little kids. I hate you. Oh, my God. Before he left, he shaved every kid's hair. Oh, my God. All the children are bald. It's 11.57. The anti-claws has taken their hair away. Oh, what a terrible Christmas.
Oh my god. It's a nightmare lounge Christmas. It's really terrible. It's horrible. It's. Oh. Oh no. Oh. 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 There's no hope. There's no hope. Anticlaus went. He, the Anticlaus. He, he grabbed the Pan Am out of here. Santa! Yeah. You're bringing my present early? No. But I never told you what I wanted. I said I didn't bring it, dipshit. Okay, good. I want a stuffed elephant, a pink one. Well, wish in one hand, ship in the other one, see which one fills up first. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you so very much, ladies and gentlemen. Are you starting to get into the holiday spirit a little bit? Well, you know what they did today? They got a tree for the uh, Rockefeller Center. Do you ever go over to the Rockefeller Center when they light up the big tree? Oh, sorry. I've been there, yeah. I say, do you ever go over to the... I... <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, anyway, they got the tree today, and it's from a forest in New Jersey. And uh, they, they got it out of there the New Jersey way. Here's what they do. They hold a gun to the tree... <laughs> And they force it to chop itself down. Ah. Boom. Yeah. And what better way to get into the holiday spirit than the wanton destruction of an 80-foot wonder of nature? That's right. You know something, sweetheart? <laughs> Christmases. Well, it's about the best time of the whole year. You walk down the streets, even for weeks before Christmas comes. And there's lights hanging up, green ones and red ones. Sometimes there's snow, and everybody's hustling someplace. But they don't hustle around Christmas time like they usually do. You know, they're a little more friendlier. They bump into you, they laugh, and they say, pardon me, and Merry Christmas. And especially when it gets real close to Christmas night. Everybody's walking home, you can hardly hear a sound. Bells are ringing, kids are singing, snow is coming down. And boy, what a pleasure it is to think that you got some place to go to. And the place that you're going to has somebody in it that, that you really love. Someone you're nuts about. Merry Christmas.